Hello, hello. Welcome back. It has been a while. And this podcast should have come out in 2021, but, well, life happens. So it's coming out now, but we are doing a best of and a little bit of worst of 2021 in pop culture. And joining me this week is the irrepressible Anna Rose. Anna Rose is a returning guest, an old friend and colleague, and well-versed in this subject. So I am excited to get down to business with Anna. Just a few reminders. You can check me out on popcultureperceptiony.com, my companion website, where there's tons of more information and a back catalog of past episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe to Pop Culture Persephone on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcast, pretty much anywhere. I am all over the place and make sure to rate, preferably five stars. That is a way for people to find my podcast a little bit easier. So now after this brief advertisement, I will be back with Miss Anna Rose and we will be talking about we will looking we will be looking back <laughs> to talk about the best and worst in pop culture in 2021. Stay tuned. Hello Anna Rose. Hello, how are you? I am great. Good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just perfectly. I feel like any second now, Dexter will also be part of this podcast. He's looking at me. He's looking at me. He is thinking about it. Hi, Dexter. Dexter, Anna says hi. I know what you want, but please restrain yourself. Please. I doubt he will. But um, prior to you coming on here... um, Anna, I was telling the audience that, yes, I am very late in the game because we are already in somehow 2022. I, I, don't, I don't know how it happened, but I, know. I had promised to do even just a brief best of kind of worst of 2021. I don't know, a month ago and it, well, life happened. So it didn't happen. So I could think of no one better than returning guest. Anna Rose. Anna was on a very popular episode, which was when we discussed the Ryan Murphy people versus Monica Lewinsky episode. If anybody has not checked that out, please go back and check that out. Who knows? It might end up on the list today of one of us. (laughs) So um, we're in 2022 and um, last year was rough, Anna. Um, as was the year before, but <laughs> yeah, but I do feel the one good thing was actually some, some shit to watch. <laughs> there was some really great content created, which is shocking to me, um, especially within all the restrictions, but I guess they have the money for that. So do you have, I'm starting with my guests first. Do you have a now, this is a best new TV show. And it can be like, it could be on any of the network, Ooh. the streaming services that premiered in 2021. I'm just All wondering right. if we have any similar. Let's see. Um, first thing that comes to mind is, uh, well, 
I've got a tie. So I was late to the Ted Lasso game and got into it. Yeah. Uh, over the summer, I had missed the first season, but binge watched it and picked up the second season. And I think it premiered in the fall. So I have, I have an unholy crush on Jason Sudeikis these days. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's borderline like panty throwing. It's, it's obsessive, but Ted Lasso, I have to say is, I feel like that's really the greatest gift to humanity this year. Like everybody needed Ted Lasso. Like anyone who's local might remember Amy Acton, Dr. Amy from the onset of the pandemic, which feels Mm -hmm. like a hundred years and however many news cycles ago, but she was kind of like, I always called her like the virtual hug, you know, everybody needed. I feel like Ted Lasso stepped into that role. Um, There was not an episode. I don't think I, had a dry eye in um it's just fantastic and i hope that it stays around tied for that though is the complete polar opposite and i'm going to go with mayor of east town um <laughs> yeah it was uh just great it was good writing um it was red herring upon red herring um yeah kate winslet's um just portrayal of you know that that um type of person in that geographical location like the accent um did you see saturday night live actually spoofed it oh my god it was that was great probably my favorite one of my favorite saturday night live gets all year the dirt or murder the dirt or murder i yep. mean it was um i don't think kate kate winslet has never had a problem um looking you know, she's never had a problem First off, she's never probably had a problem being naked, and she's never had a problem with essentially any type of performance that's going to make her seem less than acceptable, less than lovely, or anything like that. I mean, I think everybody, especially a lot of her, some of her independent movies early on, she did like Hideous Kinky and a mm-hmm. few other ones. Um, There's a movie where she was in a cult where a really edgy movie where she's not only naked, but I think she pees herself. There's just a lot of crazy stuff. So it was kind of great for to see this like return to a uh, gritty, gritty Kate Winslet, no makeup, not giving a shit. Yep. Yep. And she still managed to be just, you know, strikingly beautiful. She's, I mean, yeah, she's gorgeous. Absolutely. I mean, she's gorgeous. And never have I wanted a Philly cheesesteak more. I was just going to say, I started drinking Rolling Rock again. (laughs) (laughs) All I wanted was like cheese puffs and Rolling Rock. And I think we actually did do that for the finale. I bought like a six pack or something. I think I stress drank three of them in an hour. Um, Yeah. And um, Mayor of Easttown for HBO Max is going to be coming up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, HBO and HBO Max is going to be coming up a lot because they've knocked it out of the park yet another year yep. with so many shows. But um, that's where you guys want to check it out. And um, I was the not only Kate Winslet, but um, her the the Julian Julian Nicholson yes. who plays her mm-hmm. best friend, and she's yep. very integral in the part because this is. They really, really captured what I thought was very realistically 
folks um, that grew up in a town, like, you can tell these folks all know each other. Yep. That, like, Julian Nicholson and Mayor have known each other since they were, like, seven years old, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So these are people who haven't left this small town. Everybody knows each other's business. You know, everybody has their own dramas going on. And Julian Nicholson, I thought, was equally alongside Kate Winslet amazing in this performance and um I was I was surprised by the ending and I was surprised that I was surprised by the I ending, so. yeah I went back and forth a couple of times with who I thought was did the dirt or murder dirt or murder um, yes I'm gonna say that at least three more times I'm sure <laughs> just because it's fun but yeah I went back a couple more times and I was like you know, it seemed super obvious for a while and then it didn't and then it did and then that didn't seem super obvious and I thought I'd figured it out and I was close, but I didn't quite get it just right. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a really good one. It kind of follows along the vein of like, um, what was that other one with Amy Adams, Sharp Objects, like that kind of a twisty yeah. sort of show. Um, yeah, but I thought it was great. Just the themes of um, motherhood and, uh, um, you know, like the how the the maternal urge to to just be a protector, and you know, there's no real clear cut um, he, like villain. There's no real clear cut um, hero. They're all kind of right. like anti heroes. Um, it's just really good writing. Um, I don't know of anyone who hasn't watched it yet. I'm not going to give anything away just in case, but right. I urge you to, to put this down and go watch it as soon as you're done listening. Yeah, it's uh, it was one of those shows that I was upset. Like I was like, I would be checking the time while I was watching it, upset that it was about to end. Each yes, other. Same, same thing. Week. Yep, exactly. So, I have a few, of course. Um, and mine are, this one is um, HBO Max. And it premiered kind of in the middle to the end of the year. And it's a Mindy Kaling project, a Mindy Kaling creation. Mm-hmm. And it's Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO Max. They would drop three episodes at one time of this thing. Mm-hmm. And I would... I mean, I would have to stop and watch all three of them. I have not laughed this hard in so long. And this cast is hilarious. It's, you know, they're sticking together four girls of completely different backgrounds. It's their freshman year at this school. And, you know, a lot of it does revolve around sex, sexual politics and everything like that. Yeah. But it's really their relationships. The writing is so good. The writing is so solid. And um, the one girl who plays Kimberly, who is definitely the most fish out of water girl who is out on there on a complete academic scholarship and from a very small town. That is Timothy Chalamet's older sister. Really? Yes. Pauline Chalamet. And I... Almost, I could. I, I was like knocked over when I found out that. And there's a um, another girl named who I really think carries the humor. The girl who plays Bella, and she brings <laughs> she brings up, and she is really trying 
to get as many dicks as possible. I believe <laughs> she says that. Uh, very sex positive. Yeah. Um, her parents think um, her parents think that she is there with a directive to become a doctor. She is there to become a comedy writer. She literally applied to this school because they have such an amazing, you know, comedy magazine, very similar to I expect. I like ex- I'm thinking kind of like uh, like the national like the National Lampoon, something like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, she's hilarious. There's, you know, so it's just the chemistry of all four of them. Some of the best, some of the best, tightest writing I've seen in a while. Nice, diverse cast. Um, and, you know, it's nice to see essentially like a sex comedy with the females, female driven sex comedy essentially and um it's already been renewed for two seasons for another season which is great great Mm -hmm. great um my other hbo max came out a little bit earlier these are all hbo max um and yet again another appearance of gene smart gene smart was also in mayor of east town playing mayor's mother and she's great hilarious in that and um this was hacks did you end up checking out Hacks at all? I meant to. It was on my list. I just have not gotten around to it yet. But it's, just from what I've seen, it looks yeah. fantastic. It's great. Um, definitely um, taking some inspiration. The Gene Smart character um, is playing an accomplished stand-up comedian who has spent her last 15 years really headlining a casino. Very inspired by a Joan Rivers-esque character or mm-hmm. even Phyllis Diller. Yeah. And Jean Smart seems like such a natural stand-up comedian, which she's not. You know, she's an actress and everything, but she she's <clears throat> never done that. And she seems, it seems seamless. But she co-stars with um, this actress named Hannah Einbender. Um, who plays the character of Ava, and she is the daughter of, like, SNL royalty. She's the daughter of Lorraine Newman, which is insane to me. Um, But so you have the reason why she is in this. They're both these impossible characters, which I think is so great. Jean Smart is essentially a boomer who does not want to change any part of her material, and she knows exactly what her audience has come for, and she doesn't want any advice while the Ava character is a millennial who is impossible to work with. like everybody finds her impossible to work with mm-hmm. who and I love it because they do not Ava's character is essentially through an agent assigned to work with Deborah and obviously they get along like oil and water but you see the flaws in both of their theories working together, right? You see like how each of, there's like not one generation that is wrong. They're both wrong, which mm-hmm. is, I really love that about the writing, but they complement each other so well. And it is, it's so hilarious, but it's, it's very moving, but it is pretty hilarious. And to see just Gene Smart disseminate someone like just tear apart someone's soul for some reason is um 
I don't know. It's very, <laughs> it's very moving for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out. I need something to watch in between episodes of The Righteous Gemstones now. So yes. maybe we'll pick that up. Yes, both Anna and I are very thrilled that in 2022, there has been a return to The Righteous Gemstones, which if anybody is not watching, needs to watch that um, and just start from the very beginning in season one, because... I mean, is there a more hilarious topic of a show than to, you know, make fun of television? No. Um, And it's kind of timely because the Tammy Faye Baker, did that come out yet? or how? It did. And I have seen it. Yes. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I have not seen it yet, but I was listening to um, another podcast on Tammy Faye Baker and the whole um, Jim Baker Scandal. disgusting story and all of that. Um, and it, we just picked up watching it. It just premiered last Sunday. So uh, I'm like, I've kind of been in the televangelist world for a little while. So it's funny to hear like what Tammy Faye and um, Jim Baker had going on and then compare that to the Righteous Gemstones. It's, it's oh. a pretty funny parallel. I love, I mean, and the cast is so, the cast is so great. We'll touch on them in a little bit, a little bit later. Now, I'm not going to go deep into this next one because I am devoting an entire podcast um, to this series. And this is really my favorite series of, of 2021. And it premiered at the very end of 2021. Showtime did something very odd at the very end <laughs> of the year and showtime oh god help them i mean they really have so little on that roster to subscribe to but when Mm -hmm. they get something good they get something really good so there was the return of dexter kind of which has not made it on any of these lists because i feel somewhat indifferent about it i enjoyed it i yeah it's done it's over with it wasn't great and it wasn't awful. Yeah, I hated the end of the original Dexter so much that I just don't know if I can you, do it. Yeah, you were checked out. I think it was very <laughs> um my brother and I were feeling that way as well because we're huge Dexter fans. Obviously, I'm a huge Dexter fan. That's what my dog is named after. Mm-hmm. But those last um three seasons, frankly, of the original maybe even the last four really, but those last three seasons when they lost their writers. um, Yeah. You could really tell it showed. Yeah. I will say that um, new blood, which takes place about 10 years after while Dexter has relocated to um, upstate New York, um, essentially in like a Seneca, an area that was really around a lot of, um, Native American, like the Seneca area. Mm-hmm. It's truly beautiful. Um, it, it's the polar opposite, obviously, of Miami. And there is some intrigue in anything. But we're not, let's be honest, we know this formula. We know what's going to happen. It's kind of like a weighted blanket. It's a weighted blanket. You know what you're going to get. You're just going to kind of ease into it. Yeah. Michael C. Hall is wonderful. He's consistently an awesome actor. And there are some, there are some good, good acting moments of it, but it did not make it on the list. Now, 
of course, while I'm there, I notice, okay, there's this other show though. And then I'm like, hmm, we got like Melanie Linsky, Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis, Yellow Jackets. That is the best show of 2021. It is on Showtime. They essentially premiered it the same time in the same night as they premiered Dexter New Blood. And what they discovered was people were feeling pretty indifferent about Dexter New Blood. And now you have this really big following for Yellow Jackets. Rabid Reddit following everything. <clears throat> I cannot recommend. It is worth it for people. And I will go into this much deeper when I do, when me and um, Mackenzie do our podcast on Yellow Jackets. But it is worth going to going and get, get, just get that trial for a month, get it for a month and just binge it. It's 10 episodes. The finale is like this week, this upcoming Sunday. And it is by far the most well-written thing I have seen all year. I've heard so many things about Yellow Jackets and this is how dumb I am. Before, uh, my husband is currently obsessed with Yellowstone. Um, yes. He's watched <laughs> Far Ahead and I just... I'll never catch up. So um, I thought they were the same thing for a long time because I've oh, heard yeah. people <laughs> on both sides talking about it. And I'm like, which one is the cowboy one? But um, <laughs> it's now that I know the difference, I'll I'll see about getting that trial for for Showtime. I it will um, it will tickle a good part of your brain because it. Um, the action goes, it goes back and forth um, between present day and 1995, 1996. So it is just earworms, music oh, drops galore of some of the best damn music ever. That oh, alone. Man. And the way the, whoever is the music designer or the music editor and how they are interspersing some of this music with these scenes brilliant 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 so i think you might have just sold me on it i'll have to I, check it out and probably my last one i i have some honorable mentions is probably again hbo max um white lotus white lotus yeah um Aubrey plaza is going to be on the second season yes did see that i did just see that that is that's awesome i uh i was very much sold on Aubrey plaza have you ever seen um oh Gosh, what something goes west. Iris goes west. That oh no. And now I can't remember of who it is that goes west. It's something goes west, a name of a person. Okay. Um, but it's it's a bit of a dramedy, but mm -hmm. it's great because you gotta see like her really kind of flex her um dramatic skills. Um but I think Aubrey has the, she's got it. I think she's, she's going to be great in that series. And I hope that we continue to follow more miserable uh, rich people. Yeah. I'm interested to see what kind of character she's going to be. Like I, I, Parks and Recreation is on in my house nearly every day. It's just like it is. <laughs> background noise in our house at this point. Like it's just, we don't know what to watch. We put it on, we're cleaning the house, we put it on. So, you know, Maybe not fairly, but she's just um, April Ludgate for me. So I'm interested to see if, like, she's going to bring any of that 
dry sarcasm, which would fit a Mike White film very nicely. Um, And I really, really hope that she has some interactions with Jennifer Coolidge's character because that would be worth the watch alone. It would be, but I don't, I think it's going to be a completely different cast. Jennifer Coolidge is coming back. Oh, she is. She is. I was reading a little bit about it and I don't know much, but they said it's going to be a different White Lotus resort. So they're not going to be back at this actual one. Okay. The cast will, I think it's going to be that Ryan Murphy-esque thing where Uh, they have like a rotating cast for each season kind of thing. But Jennifer Coolidge is supposed to be returning for this. So well, that's exciting. I yeah, mean, I, would, I don't know in what capacity, but I really hope that she's back as one of the main characters because she was just fantastic. Yeah, I was, um, and I love Natasha Rothwell. Natasha Rothwell played the, her alongside uh, Murray Bartlett were really the worker bees there that you saw. <clears throat> you know, Murray Bartlett was the character who was obviously self-destructing and yeah. <laughs> took all the drugs of the, <laughs> the college girls. Yeah. I was more than happy, frankly, that he was doing it because I wanted to smack the shit out of the one. So I was like, take their drugs. Honestly, uh, I wanted to smack every single one of those characters, except oh, for the kid that slept on the beach, the gamer kid. But yeah, I think the gamer kid and maybe the Alexandria Daddario character are the only ones that kind of got passes for me. She was even terrible, though. She didn't end up leaving her husband. I mean, she just, Correct. you know, it's just, yeah, I wanted to shake her more than anything. I mean, I think it also showed the especially with her character, just how easy it would be. She was miserable. She knew she had made a mistake. She married this awful human being who had no interest, who essentially wanted her to become a kid of his mother. Yes. And do nothing. And who saw no value in her working. And she decided, well, it's either that or I guess me starting over and I guess I'll just be rich and I'll smile through the tears. And it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. People, people don't want to be alone. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it, I, she was the most disappointing character for me, though. I really thought that one of them was going to redeem themselves. And it, I guess, you know, that's a Mike White story. There, It's right. just a skewering of... A social class. I mean, the Jake Lacey character, he has now created, like, he started off being in things in which he was a nice guy, like, he <clears throat> he he was he was uh, Hannah's boyfriend and girls for a little bit. He was a nice guy. He yes, was a, he was. That's right. He was an obvious child with Jenny mm-hmm. Plate. He was a sweet guy. Yep. And ever since those two things, everything he's cast in, he's a complete dick and like i feel like he's slappable face a very slappable does um i feel like he's getting to be like the new jason bateman because everything jason bateman is in he's just a huge asshole just a complete and other (laughs) utter asshole yes but i still find him so much more likable i don't know yeah i 
Jake Lacey kind of reminds me, and I like Colin Jost, but it's like that whole punchable <laughs> face, yeah. you know, <laughs> like the white bread, rich kid kind of like snooty guy that, you know, thinks he's better than you or whatever. And you just, you just really want to punch him in the face. Oh, it'd be so satisfying. Some of my, these are a few of my honorable mentions. I, I, I'm wondering if any of these and yes, I know there are a zillion other new shows that came out that other people are going to be like, what about this? One was Flight Attendant, HBO Max. I tore through that with Kaylee Cuoco. Of all people, I did not think it, I was going to find compelling, but damn, she changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Check that out. Squid Game, of course. I mean, it has everything. Oh, I couldn't, violence get, I couldn't get through it. It was a survivor like game. And- yeah, I couldn't get through it. It was, I don't know if it hit me the wrong way when I watched the first episode, but I'm like, oh, it's just a little, and I don't mind gory things, but it was just too, I think I had been watching too much of the news that week. And I was like, I just can't, I, Netflix, you can't do this to me right now. Yeah, it's gory as it's all hell. And warning for you when you, when you, when you, get into yellow jackets just have an empty stomach okay (laughs) we're talking survival shit in the woods oh god okay (laughs) um and i would say and i talked about this earlier podcast i would say schmigadoon on apple just because it was so weird and fun and probably midnight mass on netflix which was also (laughs) extremely gory but um that came from the same creator who did um, Haunting of Hill House mm-hmm. and Bly Manor. And I personally like this the most out of all of those series. He also uses a bit of a revolving cast, ensemble cast, and all of his things. And this one resol- revolved around, you know, you and our, you and my favorite subject, you know, the Catholic Church. God. And vampirism. <laughs> so I think. I see that. I mean, if you don't see the parallels there, um, then you're just blind, but it's, it's really good. It's, it's, uh, but it is, you know, gory. Yeah. It's a lot of blood, but, but um, it's a lot of blood. It's a lot of group think it's a lot of, wow. You can really, is this a religion or is this a cult? Fine line. (laughs) (laughs) They're all cults. Anna's always on the same page with me in regards to organized religions. And um, that's what I love about her. Yeah, thank you. So my other category, and this is going to fit in here for you, and mine was on here too, was best returning TV shows in 2021. Mm. And I, again, had Ted Lasso like you. Yep. Um, Morning show. Which I have never watched the morning show, but I don't have to because everybody spoils. I know everything that's happened Ah. because I I, I know everything. I know the, I know the Juliana Margulis of it this season. I know the basis of it. I mean, listen, I love Jennifer Aniston in a good suit. So I I don't know what is keeping me from watching it. It's, so we got into the morning show. We watched both seasons this year. So we got into it again late in the game. I think we got Apple TV just way too late. Um, so we watched both seasons. 
And I, the, the whole thing of the Steve Carell character, it was so icky for obvious reasons, but it was even ickier because it's Steve Carell and he's so unproblematic in real life. So to see like, you know, Michael Scott, like sexually assaulting people, I'm like this, (laughs) I don't know what to do with this. I really, I, I'm just grossed out. Like in it, this there's no way to say it, but it's just like in a compelling way like it just kept drawing me into the story kind of thing like and it ma- really made me kind of play the game of like that thing of when like okay who is this on good morning america like obviously he's probably the matt lauer character and everybody yes. else you know all of that so we were you know sitting there like who do you think this is and who do you think this is and then just like Again, there's no hero in the show. Like, everybody is shitty in their own way. It's just a matter of, like, the situation and then who is less shitty than the person who's actually, like, the protagonist right then and there. Right. Um, The second season of it was pretty good. I was really interested to see how they were going to handle COVID. And I just kept finding myself like, oh, God, I remember all this. I remember when this was happening. So it was, like, a little bit of uh, triggering. Yeah, just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, so it, it's good. It's very well done. The writing's great. Um, Billy Crudup is the quintessential, like, sleazy CEO guy where you're not sure if you like him or not, but you yeah. really want to see what he's going to do. Um, I honestly think that that part was written for Matthew McConaughey and just the way that he delivers everything. I don't I don't know. That's just what I picked up. But um, I'm interested to see how they – what they do next with like the full onset of COVID. Well, because it has been renewed for another season. Yep. Um, which I'm surprised because I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but I heard what happened at the end of the season. I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. People who have watched this will know what I'm talking about. Um, my other, this is, this came back in season two. I talked a lot about this in a, in a previous podcast of favorite shows in um favorite shows in 2020 was dave on fx um which i know a lot of people are not watching dave dave is based on um the um the actor playing him is dave bird who his other like he's known as little dicky he's a white rapper Mm -hmm. he's actually legitimately really good Um, As a rapper, by the way. And he's been around for a while. But this is kind of a... What is it? It's it's not like an eponymous, like, autobiographical. um, It's a version of this person, right? Um, But the show is written so well. Because it it really takes into effect what the implications of fame are on this person. Cause by the time you get to the second season, his whole pursuit in the first season is getting a, like a record deal, getting representation, all of this, all of this builds up and he finally gets it by the end of the first season. And by the second season, he has this, you know, he has the record deal. He has all of this and He's kind of becoming a nightmare to be around. And he also is dealing with 
like writer's block. So it's like, here's all the money. Do the, you know, mm-hmm. we, we need the album and he can't write anything. And it's kind of a interesting foray into that like creative process. Yeah. And kind of like the nightmare creative process. And he's such, you know, he's definitely like an OCD character, overshare, does not have boundaries, does not have limits, um, you know, exhausts his friends, a bit of an energy vampire. <laughs> but still, like, something is very endearing about him. And the show is just written so well. It's just a, a hilarious show. I, of course, had to include Succession on this. Yeah, um, that, yep. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't understand how I love this show so much. There is something kind of like White Lotus about watching this, you know, watching that top 3% hate everything. You're just, it's just shot for shot. Some of the most beautiful apartments, landscapes, clothing, real estate porn, everything. Yeah. It's like lifestyle porn. It's just, I love that show. Um, to a, a much lesser extent than what the the Roy's slash Murdochs or whoever it's based on go through. It it reminds me of um, a situation in my own family. We're not nearly nearly as wealthy as any of that, but it's just like the perpetual war of the roses rages on in my family. So right. I just recognized a lot of it, and I'm like, well. Even the rich don't want to be related to each other. But um, I agree. It's just, it's almost voyeuristic where you're watching just like this pack of nihilists just pick the bones of each other. Like, oh, yeah. You just kind of wonder, like, there's no bottom line with it. I mean, the bottom line is money, but there's really no ground floor with any of them. It's like how it's a contest to like see who can be the worst person. And it's just, yeah, it's so interesting to watch because they're so unscrupulous and so just, I mean, backstabbing, but yeah, yeah. and none of them can, you know, none of them can trust one another. No. And the fact of the matter is that Logan was self-made. He did everything possible to make sure after that second marriage that he had custody of these children and possibly after the first marriage Mm -hmm. so as a form of control and he these kids were still raised by nanny nannies governesses not raised with like a really a true maternal or paternal love and but not really even though they went to great schools and had every privilege, every privilege, they have no experience in this business, really. Not enough to lead. So, you know, in these two, these three seasons that have gone by, you, you can't identify any one of them that is like, well, this is the clear leader. Because they all, each of them has such huge character flaws <laughs> that knocks them out like if you compare any of them to some of the old war horses you know like a jerry in there right jerry knows where all of those bodies are buried she has logan's trust (coughs) and she understands 
that she and she will do what is best for the business. Yes. Not what is going to be best for these kids. And that's where they don't, that's like their disconnect. They're like, we were, uh, we're under this impression our whole lives that this is our destiny, that this, that we are owed this only for their father to say this third season. <laughs> fuck off. basically. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. As he says all the time. You are owed nothing. Go and create, go and essentially make your own fucking pile of money. Yeah. And he's not wrong. And he's not exactly. He's not wrong. And it is a huge generational divide. No doubt about it. And, but, and he kind of (laughs) sets them up to fail all the time though. It's yeah. It's basically King Lear. Oh yeah. But of the cable news networks, like it's, it's just it's a marvel just like the the sheer like it's almost a horror story with how cruel they are to each other but just that juxtaposed with like the trappings of truly opulent wealth and like you know like the teak um (laughs) floored yacht that they can't wear shoes on and all of that um it's it's I don't know. Like I, I have no reason to like that show because I can't stand the Murdochs basically like, you know, the whole right wing media network kind of thing. Like I just, I don't care to know how the, the, the sausage is made with that, <laughs> right. but it's like, I can't look away. I just can't look away. And I've start wanted to start wearing wide leg power pants again because of Shiv. Oh, Shiv's Shiv <clears throat> clothes this last season were truly amazing. She rocks the hell out of that pantsuit. I'll tell you what. She really does. And she really, you look at her and you're like, this is why you stay out of the sun. That skin is perfect. Yep. Yep. That unpocked, no sun damaged skin. <laughs> so unlike my own. That's also post-production, but you know. I, I agreed. We agreed, like to pretend. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, I was going to move on a little bit. This is kind of a weird category because honestly, I consumed a lot of TV shows, but I did not see a lot of movies. The beauty of movies in 2021, a lot of the times you could still, a lot of them were still coming directly to us, uh, which was great in a way. I do miss going to the movie theaters, but um, the pandemic, I will say this one thing, they have enabled um, us to have this direct movie situation, mm-hmm. which HBO Max, you know, it's like all of a sudden HBO Max is, you know, has the new Matrix that's also in theaters and has yeah in the Heights and and that's great and has had Dune and Dune was Dune was amazing, but again I watched it and I I really enjoyed it, but I was like. I should have gone to the theater to see this. This is, I don't have a large enough television for the, the epic beauty that is Dune. Like, you, yeah, you, you really can't all that sand. I need like an enormous theater for mm-hmm. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Movies. I did not really see a lot of new movies. I saw house of Gucci. Yes. Um, I saw, the French Dispatch. How um, was the French Dispatch? That is a high art with a capital H, capital A. Um, oh, shit. Who directed it? 
Wes fucking what? Yes, Wes Anderson. Um, how could I? How could I forget? Yeah, it is high art, Wes Anderson. It's it's good. It's all of the usual Wes Anderson cast, like Bill Murray's in it, Francis McDormand, um, Owen Wilson, um, who else? Tilda Swinton. A whole like the whole, you know, the whole ensemble. The whole kit caboodle. Yeah, I recommend it. It's uh, based on this newspaper who bill murray is the editor and it's closing and it's all like them kind of putting together the final issue and it goes into like all of the feature stories and what the um the backstory is behind each one so it's it's good it's very arty um it's beautifully beautifully shot it could it looks like it could be performed on the stage the way that it's the scenes are set up and all of that um but it was it was good. I'd recommend it. Get yourself a nice glass of wine and or two and, and watch it. I, I enjoy Wes. Um, in, I, I've liked things, some of his things more than others. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm going to definitely check it out. I did see um, one thing that I will say that I think was one of the best things I saw was West Side Story this year. Um, and um, even with the Ansel Elgort of it all. Um, cause I know people were very unhappy that Ansel Elgort for a variety of reasons was the Tony. Yeah. Um, a lot of it having to do with accusations of some sexual impropriety, hashtag me too. Mm-hmm. These things, of course we don't, he has not been, these are alleged, but, um, he is so lovingly lit in this movie though. <laughs> Um, I'm like, Steven Spielberg wants to fuck Ansel Elgort. <laughs> so bad right now with this camera. I it's in I mean, he looks truly like Mar like a young Marlon Brando. That is how well he is lit. Wow. But um it is they, you know, it's rewritten by it's rewritten um in part the script by Tony Kushner, so there's a lot more breadth. Um of story for the Puerto Rican um, contingency in it, which is great. Ariana DeBose is a fucking marvel. She's amazing. As Anita, the Rita Moreno reappearance at playing like a new character, Valentina in place of Doc is great. I highly recommend it. It was one of my favorite things. Another, another thing to check out if you can, that was released 2021 is, um, Year of the Dog with Kirsten Dunst. I got to. I'm not going to give a, a lot away to that, um, but she's in it with her husband Jesse Plemons, um, who I always think looks like kind of a chunky blonde Matt Damon. Great, <laughs> great actor though. Yeah, um, he. Uh, we call him Meth Damon um, for his appearance in Breaking Bad. Yes, Matt. <laughs> da- very good. <laughs> A very good, and um, I I had to add Spencer on here. I know we've had a lot of royals and a lot of Lady Diana, but um, good old Kristen Stewart, um, I think she pulls it off, but I think it's not just her portrayal. It's the direction of uh, Pablo Lorraine. He's the same guy who did Jackie with... Um, okay. With, uh, with Natalie Portman. With Natalie Portman. And 
this is done in a much more, even more haunting than that. You feel like you're kind of in the middle of a ghost story with this. It's unique. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, not just for her, I guess, interpretation of Diana and her mannerisms, which she has down, but you know, it's, I always like to see kind of a retelling of a slice or a certain era, a certain time period of different people. Mm -hmm. That's why I enjoyed, I did enjoy um, Jackie because it was focusing, it had flashbacks, but it was really focusing on, you know, the aftermath of the assassination. Right. Yeah. Jackie was good. Which, Um, yeah. Yeah. I have not seen Spencer. I don't really enjoy Kristen Stewart too much. Um, so I was I'm a little apprehensive because I, I do love Princess Di and I just, I don't know. I have, maybe I have to see it, but I just, I can't picture it. I've seen the photos of her and I, I just don't see it, but I've been meaning to check it out. Maybe I will um, just to kind of see, you know, what she does with it. Yeah. I will say that. Um, yeah. I, I would give it a shot, but you know, it'll come to you when it comes to you. Maybe wait until it lands on the Netflix or lands on something like that. Um, Some of the worst things I saw, I'm just going to name one um, because I, I don't know if anyone saw this. Here's the thing. It was awful. And I watched every episode of it though, because I could not believe the level of awfulness it was, but it was, Sex slash life on Netflix. Um, and I just need people to go and watch the first episode. <laughs> it is this woman who is literally married to a truly lovely, beautifully hot dude. They have a kid, but she keeps on having fantasies about her ex who she ends up running into her ex from her previous crazy and wild life. And it is some of the worst written dialogue I have ever witnessed on a TV show. Again, I watched every episode. It's kind of like on Netflix. Netflix just has the money to churn anything out. They it's like highly watchable, just garbage. That you're like, just hate watching. Kind of like what Sex in the City. Well, not God. Sex in the City. And what's it called? And just like that. And, and just, just like, like that. that you're, yeah. you're destroying Sex in the City for me. That's what I've decided to call that, which has also made it to my worst list. And we're yeah. not even, um, I don't think that, so I don't think that premiered in 2021. That came out afterwards, right? Or did, did that premiere in 2021? And just like that, that came out in 2021. It uh, December 9th, I think it premiered okay. before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the first, I've only seen the first two episodes and I, that was enough for me. I was good. I can, you know, pretty much quote the entire Sex in the City series, both movies, unfortunately, the second one as well. But this was ex- everything I didn't want them to do the only thing I think they got right in light of all of the allegations was killing off big at this point I was upset about it at first sorry spoilers but everybody knows by now um 
but yeah, that's, I think in hindsight, that's probably the only thing that they've gotten right with, with this. It's just not good. It's really just not good. Yeah. And speaking of Chris Noth, I'm not trying to go right into, cause we're not going to fixate on all the worst shit that I saw. Also Cinderella on Amazon with Camilla Cabello. Holy Oof. shit, that was bad. <laughs> Holy shit, that was bad. <laughs> Holy shit. Please watch it. Somebody else watch it. I watched it with a couple of friends, a bit of my COVID pod. And um, we were we were drinking. And we had to be. We had <laughs> to be drinking. At one point, Camila Cabello is singing to the vision of who she wants to be. So she's singing to another Camila Cabello. Wow. And those voices do not marry well. No. It's very odd. It's a bizarre choice. I was like, Camila Cabello was put into this role because, because Leah Michelle was, the press of Leah Michelle is still too bad. Guaranteed. Because I'm like, I feel like other people are getting Leah Michelle opportunities because people don't quite yet know what What's to do, do with, with Leah Michelle because of her bad <clears throat> fucking optics. Yeah. So I was talking a little bit about some of the, just to kind of end this here with some of your thoughts, some of the biggest pop culture scandals of 2021. <clears throat> and of course, mine was Chris Noth is a sex monster. <laughs> um, that discovery at the end of the year, I also had uh, a non-surprising Kristen, Tristan Thompson and that dirty dick of his getting someone else pregnant, yep. denying it. And then, being, and then what happened in 2022? Yep. That's his baby. Yep. 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 Um, my one of I don't know if it's a scandal, but the whole Pete and this was 2021, right? Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian. Oh no, that's 2021. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, and Kanye buying a house across the street from Kim. Well, this like, entire performative—I call this a performative Kanye West nightmare because I, I don't know <laughs> what is real or what is not. Because I feel like it is being this is being sponsored by Balenciaga. Kanye West <laughs> and The Gap and Yeezy. Yeah. Because his new girlfriend who was premiered in 20... I'm just calling it premiered in 2022 because I don't believe it's new. Julia Fox, she at one time was a model for the Skims line. She was, yep. She, yep. Was, she was an up-and-coming thing a couple years ago because she was in Uncut Gems and she was great in that movie, by the way. Um, so... I was surprised that she just kind of emerged, but there is way too much weird shit between like her and Pete, Pete Davidson were in a paper magazine article um, in photo spread. And, you know, there's just too many similarities, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Exit. Beginning of the year, beginning of the year, right around the time of the insurrection. That was 2021. 2020. What started us off in 2021 was that Megxit interview by Oprah. That's right. That was. Where, yeah, where Meg went on there and pretty much told people how there were members of the royal family concerned about what color Archie would be. With yes. Him. 
And Oprah said, what? Yeah. Oh my God. It's been a long year. That was, it's been a long year. Wow. I had down also the John Mulaney, Olivia Munn surprise baby. And that whole thing is a mess. That's just a mess. It breaks my heart. Yeah. I, it breaks my heart as someone who I know I should not be this invested in a stand-up comedian's love life, but I think it's because he always spoke in his stand-up. He talked so much about his wife and how much he loved her. And he like really like illustrated her to his audience to into a point where you're like, Oh, you just kind of love this woman. And I hate Olivia Munn. She's, I don't know if I could pick her out of a crowd. I have just like all the Chris's in Hollywood. Of course she is. Like, but just like all the Chris's in Hollywood, I have all of the Olivia's always like yes. meshed up into one person. She wrote a book years ago. She's a big <clears throat> fanboy favorite because I for a variety of reasons. Um, but she wrote a book a few years ago where she just said just horrible shit about women. It's a whole thing. I just, I'm not a fan of her at all. Um, I, you know, Brittany getting released from her conservatorship. Yep. The, the freaking breakup of A-Rod and the return of Benefer. Benefer, that, I mean, that for me is up there with, with Kim and Pete. Like, yes. Benefer, like literally no one asked for this. I Nobody just- asked for it. But they keep on trying to pull us back. And he cannot, he cannot keep his keep his foot out of his mouth when it comes to talking shit about the mother of his children. Ah, uh, yeah, the whole Jennifer Garner thing. That's I I don't know. I don't understand why Ben Affleck is still a thing. I don't know. I mean, I know that new movie is out on Amazon now and, you know, he makes a decent movie every so often, but it's like, I, at what cost, Ben? Just, just, you know, smoke your cigarettes and go away. Like, at what cost? Here's the thing though. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you, Anna. I own Gone Girl. It's a great movie. I, I love it so much. And every time I watch it, I'm rooting for Amy. I'm like, maybe this time. I'm like, why can't we get one with an alternative ending where he goes to jail? <laughs> I know he didn't kill her, but God damn it. He blames her for everything. Yeah. For everything. And she's, um, and they also give him a kinder narrative in that movie mm-hmm. than, than, than in the book. In the book, his character, um, he fucks up a lot more and he owns up to it. Like, you know, and then this, it's like, no, she is a mastermind. I'm like, you love it. Yeah. You love it. Oh, how, how am I forgetting this? How am I forgetting this? Army Hammer as a sex monster. That was this year too. Yes. Army Hammer had so many movies lined up because he is a white man in Hollywood that they can't stop giving chances to. I know. He's had, and he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of, um, you know, he really came on the scene with the social network when he played the Winklevoss twins. Yep. And they kept on giving him shit after that, that nobody, that were never hits. 
and they um like Netflix did a remake of Rebecca that he was pretty good in mm-hmm. and you know he's good as and I think and he was in um was he in 12 years a slave or birth of a nation he was in one of those you know one oh, of those I can't remember that was, I mean that's as a white a slave years ago. as a yeah. white plantation and slave owner I think yeah see it um <laughs> but um I mean that just that kind of unraveled a whole a whole ball of yarn for him I know I mean he had a lot he was on chance <clears throat> number three he was doing lots of interviews yeah um, and that just wiped out everything that scandal like I'm like now mind you he he's got huge amounts of money and he can live somewhere in the Virgin Islands and be fine and like, be fine. Yeah. There's not but, a lot of sympathy for him, but like that, yeah, that I forgot that was this year. Also that, that was gross. That was, that was bad. But will he have an entry point back into, here's oh, yeah, the thing. For sure. Mel Gibson's making movies. Yeah. I mean, are they Oscar cal- caliber movies? Not so much. No. But just a couple years ago, he did uh, Hacksaw fucking Ridge. And he was up for like, I swear to God, he was up for Best Director in Academy Awards. I was like, I guess people just don't care. I mean, I mean, the news cycle turns over so fast. And at some right. point, it's just going to be a footnote. You know, like, it's he'll be back, I'm sure. Yeah. And I mean, he has a... There's a few problems, too, with his story. Um, not problems, but because he had relationships with these women, it's, you know, it's still up for, not that you can't be assaulted. I'm not saying, you know, I'm absolutely not saying that. Um, But because he had relationships with those women, he's always going to be using that idea of, you know, this was consensual. Yeah. You know, this, that, and the other thing. But I urge people if they, um, and it's online, it's viewable for anyone to look up the Rolling Stone article on the Hammer family that came out in, came out right after this scandal um, in 2021. It is fascinating because, I mean, it sounds like it runs in the family, essentially. Yikes. Which, I mean, oh. maybe, maybe he'll reprise his role as Gabriel on the Gossip Girl reboot. Who knows? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So Gossip Girl, speaking of Gossip Girl reboot, which I enjoyed, but I did not enjoy it enough for it to make it to the my top of my list. But I mean, it was fun. It was fun, but it's, you know, it's it, for the it does fans. Not have the like, same. Yeah. It's... It does they don't there's one character that has one actor who kind of plays a cross between a Chuck and a yeah uh, that that has the charisma, but he's about it. That's yeah, that's really it. I mean, uh, the the Blair character now, the blonde one. Um, it's been a while since I've watched it. She's okay, but I again, it the same thing with like what I said about the morning show. I just keep sitting there, and I love Gossip Girl. It. Parks and Rec and Gossip Girl are always on in our house. Um, But I just keep, excuse me, 
<clears throat> sorry, keep doing that thing where I'm like, okay, I think this is Nate and this is Serena and this is Blair and this is Dan with a little bit of Nate and then this yes. is Jenny. And then, you know, they have to keep, and for the fans, it's great, but they keep, you know, bringing the lower level characters back. Like Dorota was on, Blair's parents were on, you know, so it's, it's for the fans, it's great, but I, I just kind of always go back to the original though. I, I'm with you. It was good, but, and it was like a warm hug, but it was just didn't quite make it to my list. Yeah, it was good. It was good, but it also, it's stuff that even though this was, it was done in what, 14, even, was it even 14 years ago? Probably less than that. It's, it's stuff that would never be on the air now. No. It's storylines. I mean, Chuck Bass was first episode. He was close to raping Jenny Humphreys. He did that a couple of times. Yes. There was a lots of assault um, in regards to that character. Oh, and I also had probably biggest scandal. Um, probably big biggest scandal um, of the year. Alec Baldwin. What? Alec Baldwin. The the Alec Baldwin murder. <laughs> the manslaughter situation with Alec Baldwin and whatever the hell is happening on these Real Housewives shows in which these women <laughs> who are doing crazy illegal shit are going on these shows. Are I mean, they're they're just talk about a way to telegraph to the FBI and the Fed. Oh my God, I know. Again, I, I just, just I don't know how much longer I don't know how you continue to attract people with money to these series when you see I mean how I mean essentially if you're opening yourself up, you're opening yourself up. Yeah, for sure. And every single every single person you've ever pissed off in your life, do you think there, there's so many ways for them to, even if it's a blind item, do they think that there are people that aren't from the federal government not reading blinds? Because they're reading blind items. They're following up on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty shocking <laughs> to me, just the just the whole Janet, like just the whole trajectory of these scandals in this last year, because there's two different at least two going on right now one being the erica girardi scandal and one of them being the jen shaw scandal from the real housewives of salt lake city the friend the one that people thought was going to be so boring and they are these salt lake city ladies are anything but boring but i mean what else is there to do in salt lake city i guess well but... none of them are teachers, <laughs> though none of them are not that's the thing I mean, they're, they're all the ones that are Mormon are what they're what they call Mormon light, which I guess means you can drink. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Again, you know how I feel about religion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest surprises this year, not really scandals, but like a holy shit moment was. Taylor Swift turning up a, a relationship from 10 years ago by releasing <laughs> one of her albums. I mean, who would have thought we would be talking about a 10-year-gone relationship that lasted less than three months with, with Jake Gyllenhaal, who never 
makes it into scandal headlines. Yeah. Yeah. That was something I, I saw the Saturday night live performance and that was, that was truly something. The crazy girl in me felt vindicated. I'm like, see, everyone does it. Everyone does it. Right. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, I, I, I'm not saying I feel for him, but you would probably think, well, I'm, you know, that was, that album was in the past. It's not like, it's not like she's going to revisit this album anytime soon, but the problem is she's re-recording all these albums. So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be hearing a new version of Dear John about John Mayer coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's probably next. Yeah. I think he's the much, I maybe Jay, I, I'm sure Jay Curter, but. John Mayer has a history. Yeah, he's uh, way more deserving of that kind of treatment, I think. Just read Jessica Simpson's open book. Yeah. Which, which, yeah, he's nuts. He's, yeah, that's something. So here's my question and how we're going to end this. What would you like in pop culture to go away in 2022? Uh, God. Um... Probably you go and then come back to me. I got to think about this. Mine is MGK. I would like to not see him. Oh, 2022. Yeah. Following that Courtney and Travis. Oh God. I can't stand it. I can't. They're like the two band geeks that finally learn how to make out. And that's all they ever do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can't care less um, but I can't look away though I can't I know. well they have great photographs yeah they have great photographs but it's so um, gross though like I don't know I have to watch it because I have to see how it's gonna end that kind of a thing like because it will end it will I just don't know how <laughs> I mean they will have a joint statement that says how much they love each other and, and they'll be friends. At this time, they need people to give them space and be respectful. And then she'll, you know, the next week she'll be in a picture in lingerie or yeah. showing her ass. I mean, come and on. And then she'll be dating Pete Davidson. Correct. Because we all must date Pete Davidson. <laughs> Every woman in America must date Pete Davidson. I feel like we all have dated Pete Davidson. Oh, we've all had one. He's a notorious love bomber who um, is super fun, but is overwhelming. So, yes, I believe we've all dated that person. And that person does usually has a short shelf life. Yep. Because they are vampires. (laughs) He is. He's like a, a a romance vampire. He is. And he kind of looks like a vampire in his color. Yeah. He actually, when they were doing the promos for his New Year's Eve thing, he looked a lot like a young Beetlejuice. And I said, <laughs> you know, if a rich woman just, or a famous woman says his name three times, does he just appear? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and I also had down, I always have less Ben Affleck, but I've never given that wish. I always say it. Because let's also not forget that Ben Affleck, before before <clears throat> he he reunited with Jen or whatever this 
they're doing. Yeah. Um, that girl on Raya, because he was on the dating website Raya for rich people. Yes, that post, I forgot about that. Posted that extremely awkward video that he left her, and I almost and I almost felt bad for him for about. 30 seconds but he did something <clears throat> like then he did five stupid things after that yeah and, it's, um, yeah I was back to square one because that's I, how my relationship is with Ben one day him and I will meet and maybe I'll have him on the pod that would be my dream I would but like I would sell tickets for that I really would I'd be like Ben I have so many questions for you <laughs> the stupid things you say here's some cigarettes let's talk exactly I have I, six cartons of cigarettes for you go nuts yeah I feel like his his best contribution to popular culture is that picture of him making the face smoking a cigarette (laughs) (laughs) it's the best picture and it's what I feel like that and the um the The sad the sad Ben Affleck yeah the sound of silence yep yep beside a very animated Henry Cavill when they were talking about um justice league yes yes they're and both just like kill me now it's kill. just like the most versatile piece of art and i will call it <laughs> art i use that that smoking photo for just about everything <laughs> i need to convey an emotion and i would like everybody just to think that jennifer lopez when she she's gonna have to look at that back tattoo for the next six months. I Because I don't think it's going to last any longer than six months. Because um, you know he has that Phoenix back tattoo. That's true. That hideous. Listen, if he's in the shape that he was in for the town, that back tattoo can be passable. But when he gets in his sad dad regular state, which I also call... The re- like the regular state of a DiCaprio, the yachting season DiCaprio, the yachting probably. season DiCaprio. <laughs> um, also, you know, very Jack Nicholas wannabe looking yachting yeah. season DiCaprio. That that back tattoo looks bad on a very pasty, sad body, especially with the chain smoking and like the sad, you know. And we that he exhibits. I mean, I guess we have to watch to see if he gets it removed. That's when we'll know things are getting serious with JLo. Well, we haven't seen her ring yet. So we'll see that. if she gets another try again. Ooh, sorry. Siri thought okay. I was talking to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, as usual, I'm ending this with Ben Affleck. I don't know why. God, every time. But thank you so much for coming on and having this fun discussion. So um, go and check into the contributors area of popcultureperceptive.com to learn more about my guest this week, Anna Rose. And thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Anytime, Anna. Talk to you later, popsters.
Hello, hello, hello. Yes, if you have been listening to Yellow Jackets, or I should say, if you've been watching Yellow Jackets on Showtime, then you're also definitely listening to the amazing music drops on the show. That, of course, is Mountain Song by Jane's Addiction. One of the many amazing music drops and um, one of the amazing songs that are featured in Yellow Jackets, um, Showtime's Yellow Jackets, which takes place both in 1996 and in 2021. It will be the focus of today's pop culture Persephone. A little reminder, this will be filled with spoilers. So, um, if you are not up to date on Yellow Jackets and you don't want to be spoiled, then I would not listen. Um, also, it is Monday and the finale did air yesterday. Well, it aired yesterday. We taped this on Saturday. So we did not include the finale, but we did come up as a spoiler, but we did have many, many theories. When I say we, I mean me and my special return guest and great friend, Mackenzie Merriman. Um, cannot say enough great things about this show, but this is definitely the surprise hit of late 2021, um, early 2022. This did premiere in 2021. I kept on saying in December, but it really did premiere around Thanksgiving prior to the Dexter premiere. And I'm pretty certain that Showtime's intention was to build up some excitement around Dexter with another, um, another really hot and interesting show that focused on mystery and a little bit of murder, a little bit of gore, um, intrigue, things of that nature. But, you know, Dexter is really Showtime's flagship show. That and Shameless. And with Dexter New Blood, I believe the intention was it for it to be only one season. It has already come to its finale last weekend, last week. And as I had mentioned in other podcasts, I um, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, I specifically got a Showtime subscription to watch it, but ended up really feeling whatever about it and really diving in to Yellow Jackets. Um, obviously, it appeals to my heart. I'm about the same age as the women the adult versions of this of the women in this show and it has everything that I love which is a mystery which is red herrings murder possible cult um connections um amazing stunt casting with actresses from the 90s um who I feel haven't had their due um, which I think is enormous and it's very female centered and female focused. So it's kind of the counter to Dexter, which, um, you know, all of the, all of the, um, focus really is 
everything going through Dexter Morgan. And in this case, in this season with Dexter, it's Dexter and his son, um, played by, uh, what is his name? Something Alcott. I don't think he's a great actor. Um, I, I think they could have found someone else, but that's just me. And this is not a Dexter podcast. This is definitely focusing on, um, focusing on Yellow Jackets. And again, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. We're kind of doing a full season recap except for the finale. So um, just want to give a forewarning, but we talk a lot about, you know, we're talking a lot about our thoughts and our theories and what this show is really about. I mean, this show is definitely about, and it is mentioned in the finale, um, a shared trauma and how we deal with trauma and how we deal with collective trauma, generational trauma, and also the difference between groupthink um, or perhaps some other unexplained supernatural supernatural um, reasoning for things happening in the world. So those are two huge concepts. If you are a fan of a show like Lost, um, you'll love this show because it it's lost, but a hundred times it's lost with with what I believe is a roadmap. Again, this show has been was quickly renewed. I would say in by the third episode already, you saw that it had been renewed for a second season. Um, some other things to note about this, I again, I don't think Showtime. Um, really, I, they may have known that there'd be kind of a ravenous following, no pun intended with the word ravenous, um, with a show that might or might not be dealing with cannibalism. But um, I think they're, I didn't know they, I, I'm sure they were not, not foreseeing the, um, the fandom being this crazy about this show. I mean, if you go to Reddit alone, you will go down you will go down a hole that you might might not get out of for hours with all of the theories all of the screenshots that people take um all of the hidden easter eggs people think that they are seeing um so with that being said who knows showtime does not um shameless was their other big hit they don't have a lot of new content they always have a documentary here and there um, but they really don't. Black Monday's a great comedy. I'm not sure if that's done with yet. So they may fast track this. Um, it took them quite a while to film this show um, because of COVID. Some of the initial filming of this show happened in um, 2020 pre-COVID. And then they came back to finish it up, um, finish up filming you know, up until October of 2021. And they were still finishing it up then because they had more things to do and it premiered at the end of November. So they do have the ability to fast track this. I, I would love it to be like an America's Next Top Model situation in which we could seasonally get a new season. I do not want this to be a Game of Thrones HBO situation where we gotta wait a year and a half. Um, so 
really hope it'd be beautiful if we had a season in the summer. I can't say we're going to do that, but I think if you are a fan of this show, it is, you should keep your eyes open to see, um, you know, the finale, by the way, which I watch, huge cliffhangers, huge. So people are going to really, really be um, chomping at the bit for this next season. But, you know, a little bit of the mysteries, I think, is going to be taken away because you're going to be seeing leaks out there for we definitely have new cast members coming aboard this second season. And um, already they had like the first season, a first initial um, script that was leaked out there in the in the interwebs. Now it was a script that was not the final script, but it was definitely the script for the first season. So I foresee a lot of that type of stuff happening, which I kind of hate when something becomes popular and people are out there trying to spoil stuff. But um, I definitely see that, see that happening in the next couple months because you have a huge fan base now that wants content. So you have a lot of people out there guessing who, Okay, if they're going to continue with maybe this idea of this 90s female casting of actresses that um, were really, really big in the 90s or who kind of were at their younger 20s self in the 90s, um, you're going to see, I think you're going to see more of that because you're I think they're going to bring in some pretty big people for some characters that we have yet to be introduced to in their adult status. <laughs> this will make more sense if you actually watch the show. Um, but again, this is a Karen, um, I haven't mentioned this, the show was created by Karen Kusama. Karen Kusama, responsible um, for Jennifer's Body, probably most popular. I believe she was the director of that, Jennifer's Body, which was written by Diablo Cody, and which has gotten a lot of, um, People have gone back and taken a different look in a different filter at Jennifer's body um, in the last couple years. But this ain't Jennifer's body. There is gore, that gore level, but um, I think the only thing that might be similar to it is the sensibility um, and the tone about relationships between women, which is one of the bigger themes in um, bigger themes throughout this series. So, again, Mackenzie and I are about to spoil the hell out of this show if you haven't watched it. So, um, and I say this many times during this podcast, I highly, highly, highly suggest um, if you don't want to be spoiled and you don't have showtime to go ahead and get a get that free month um, trial subscription um, because there's only 10 episodes and you can, I would not, it's going to be very, very tempting to um, want to binge this. I think you need breath between it. Honestly, I was very happy that it was not a bingeable all in one day type show in which I had to wait um, because 
it really would build up the excitement for the upcoming episode. It's something that we're, I think we're, we've lost touch with, with, um, with networks dropping series, like dumping entire series all at one time. And I love it. I love that we can, um, I love building up that anticipation and, um, you're able to view each episode very differently. You're able to kind of digest it in a different way. Now, um, you might want to binge it, uh, because you're, you're going to probably want to watch it pretty quickly before your subscription, your free subscription goes up. Also, you can check out Dexter while you're there and some other, some other things that are out there that are um, worth checking out in Showtime. But again, Showtime's not like an HBO, you know, HBO, they consistently, they have so many good series, um, series and they're introducing more and more. So they're going to have to capitalize on the popularity of the show. That is my only hope that we are going to get a season two sooner than later. God, I hope it's sooner than November of 2022. Um, but I don't know yet. And again, stay tuned on this podcast um, and on the popcultureperstephanie.com website for any updates. I will certainly provide updates as I know, um, either via this podcast or the website or on my Facebook page as well, which people can subscribe to. Um, the Facebook page for Pop Culture Persephone, I provide a lot of um, a lot of updates. So yeah. So make sure you go there too for um, a lot of companion information, including maybe some links to the music and some behind the scenes things. And it'll be able to give a good sense of who some of these people are that we are talking about. So thank you for this very long introduction. I'm going to uh, leave you a little bit with an advertisement. And after that, we'll be back with Mackenzie Merriman to talk Yellow Jackets.